0: This is Rudo Radio coming to you from the 559.
1: And welcome to Rudo Radio, SB Nation and Cage Side Seats Weekly Wrestling Podcast. I am Nick Bond, joined as ever, or most weeks, <laughs> by Mr. Mark Normandin. Mark, how are you? Oh,
0: you're, you're always joined by me, unless you recorded last week without me knowing.
1: Yeah, it's what I do. I just record. My wife and I talk about wrestling. We just don't release it. Mm. She does know. nothing. She hates wrestling so much.
0: I was like, I don't buy this based on everything I know. Nick, I'm I, glad to hear that once we hit record, uh, your demon-esque allergy voice seems to have vanished.
1: Yeah, it's really great. I, um, Mark and I pre-record so we can make sure the audio is working, and he's like, you sound really deep. And I'm like, uh, maybe I have a cold, I have like allergies, and there were allergies before, but I just started... And I listened to it, and it's it, it, it. There almost had to be something wrong with the audio, as far as I could tell, because I sounded like a demon.
0: Like then it sounded like one of those voice filters they would put through, in like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where it's just the person saying something. Like they used to layer the track like twenty times to make it sound. Yeah, really deep. I'm butter your bread. That's yeah. what I sounded like. Exactly that scene
1: from Super Troopers. <laughs> uh yeah, but uh, I feel better. I've had a bunch of soda and water, and those together, I guess. Oh yeah, soda.
0: That's that's such a, that's a clear a alternative medicine.
1: Yeah, you gotta get like you know how when you get chrome uh, rust off of a chrome bumper with that that's the my insides. That's what, that's what's. Sta- oh,
0: yeah. I just bought some. I bought some chrome duct tape or some chrome tape. And, Is it, uh, It's
1: shiny, like shiny yeah. chrome shiny. That's what. Well? Yeah.
0: So I yeah, just like covered uh I covered like a, a hole that Russ made in my bumper with that and you can't tell unless you like walk right up to it and then you're like hey what the hell but if anyone's doing that to my truck like what are you doing why are you do- why are you in my driveway
1: <laughs> I'm a mile up the road this is crazy Get out of here. Uh, so uh, did you really care about Seth Rollins versus Bray Wyatt Oh I did not give a single shit
0: my preview was just that Brandon Stroud tweet. Where it's like every Bray Wyatt angle and it's, I don't know what anime it's from, but it's the the guy going, I'm a genius. And then the next panel is, oh no. (laughs) I, uh,
1: yeah, I like both of these performers, but, and I really like Seth. I love Seth, but I just can't care about them together.
0: You know, I love Seth. Um, What's good is it seems like they've already ended this. So they had Bray win, and then they had Bray win again on Monday. And I didn't really give a shit either time, except for when I was like, "Wait, is he done with Bray?" And then it seems like he's moving on because he's potentially getting involved in the the Dean Ambrose Miz in the Miz Taraj feud. So, hooray, yeah. all around, I
1: guess. I am. Um, I'm actually excited about that part. How these stories are interweaving. Like it felt very forced that. Bray Wyatt was feuding with Seth Rollins, like, Seth Roll- I if I remember correctly, Seth Rollins, like, brought him up random. One of them brought the other one up randomly, and then the other one responded, which is basically, that was basically the storyline, right? Is like, I think, no, I think it was just t-
0: like, we were both in that Fatal Five way, and neither of us were involved in the finish. And also, we have to pair up in a buddy system now, because everybody else did.
1: No, yeah, it's a weird doci Doe, they're doing, but like it's not gonna end up with Dean and Bray together. It's gonna end up with Bray and I think the Miz. I think they're forming some sort of villain supergroup with Bo Dallas in charge. I yeah, so. obviously, <laughs> that would be my favorite. Is if Miz and Wyatt started hanging out and like they don't acknowledge that Bray and Bo are. Brothers, even though at this point they look exactly alike,
0: <laughs> I have to say Corey Graves' line about some of the things Bo Dallas is wearing could be considered fashionable. Just killed me. That was so good. What it's not together? <laughs> no, what? What? Did he come straight from the Vietnam War, or like, <laughs> have you been in the shit? Yeah, he looked. Shit. He looked like he looked like Charlie from It's Always Sunny when he was trying to dress like a vet to, to lie to people. <laughs> Except everything was kind of blue. But that's that's exactly what he was dressed like.
1: I also like... uh,
0: (laughs) This is mean. But Curtis
1: Axel is like the most... The lowest possible rent Arn Anderson is the best. (laughs) Like the bargain bin Arn Anderson. He's perfect. Like a great wrestler. Like he's a genuinely
0: great... I really like him. They just never... They never give him anything to do, but like Bo Dallas, he kills everything that you give him.
1: Yeah, he, and and, uh, more so than Bo, Curtis Axel's like a really, really good worker. He's one of the best workers in the, like, from a straight, like, I can go in and wrestle with anybody, he's very, very, very good.
0: It's It's almost like if they hadn't named him Michael McGillicuddy years ago, that they might have had something while he was still in his 20s.
1: Isn't his name like Joe Henning? <laughs> yeah, I mean Jesus, it's right there. It's yeah, right it's there. not even like he has the weird thing that Bray does, where his name is Wyndham Rotunda. Yeah, why don't you
0: you should have just Cody Rhodesed him. Like you do that for, um... oh God, Ted DiBiase, but you don't do it for you don't do it for Axel. Because I mean, what Mr. Perfect's character was just that he's really great at wrestling. It's not like. He wouldn't. He wouldn't need to do, like, some weird thing. Yeah, like it's not
1: going to be like when they announced that Baron Corbin
0: is the Undertaker's son. Yeah, he doesn't need to take I, on any of the characteristics. He just need, also needs to be, like, fucking baller at wrestling. And then you go, oh, yeah, he's like his dad.
1: Yeah, and uh, but I think it's weird because we always... Actually, we don't talk about it that much because we understand that they're, it's complicated. But they need to start doing the thing or they have started doing the thing where all of the people know they work with all of the other people on the show. Like he meant like the Miz just mentioned Bray Wyatt in a promo in a way that was like felt very comic book movie-y I guess would be the best way to like it really feels like they're trying to build towards him because the shield is coming back one way or the other. I don't know when. I don't know exactly how, but it feels like it's going to be required because it feels like they're probably going to do some sort of combination of like Bray, Braun, and the Miz and the Miz Taraj just running rampant over the entire landscape. Though I don't know if Braun's involved because he's too big of a yeah, star at this point.
0: I think he might be too, too that- huge.
1: But I think the reason I think he might be involved is because it feels like Roman, the pull of the shield reunion is enough for Roman to get involved. and that's where you bring in Braun. But I just <clears> get this feeling like it feels like they're they're doing too many things that are like clear, they're not just they're doing like random cutscenes in the career mode, if that makes sense. So you're like, they're telling you something is happening instead of just being like, we're doing business as usual. Like, I have an interview before a match and I complained about somebody, and then it just goes on. I think they've started mentioning other people. They had the thing where Dean ran down and told Seth Rollins basically to go fuck himself. Like, I think they're they're obviously teasing something, but I think it's bigger than we might realize because of the way that they're doing it.
0: Yeah, I don't quite know where they're going with it yet, but explicitly saying like there won't be a S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion is kind of going, guys, there will eventually be a S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion. Especially, I don't think you'd have Dean Ambrose be the guy to tell you, like, nope, super babyface here to tell you the thing you want, nobody cares. Because I don't trust you, Seth. I will say a couple things. I have... Okay, I have a couple of I have a couple of nitpicks with Dean Ambrose reacting like that. First of all, Dean and Seth have already worked together multiple times. Like their trust issues seem to mostly be seemed to mostly be over to the point where Dean like helped Dean and Seth helped each other attack Roman. So, eh, okay, I can I I can buy it a little bit, but I'm not fully on board with Ambrose really being like bro, I still don't trust you, and. Second, Ambrose immediately went to help Seth Rollins, like, half an hour or whatever, after saying he didn't trust him. Also weird.
1: I think both of those have their, like... Especially the second one. Because I think what this feud... I I don't think. I know. The point of the Miz-Dean Ambrose feud is to get old Dean Ambrose back. Like, that's why they're doing it. They've spent way too much time on this feud. Because the Miz... I... I He's the best. He's just the best professional wrestler. I love him so much. And he's getting blood out of a stone from Dean Ambrose. He's like forcing people to want to accept non-goofy Dean Ambrose. And they don't want to. They like goofy, Dan Ambrose. God, they goofy love Dean so Ambrose.
0: Goofy Dean Ambrose. I love him so much. I'm he's like one of like... the two or three most over guys in the company. I keep waiting for like no response, but he gets one of the loudest pops of the night every time he just walks on screen with like a goofy, like a just goofy ass grin on his face.
1: Yeah, he's a four quadrant guy. Like he he looks like an old school tough guy. He's uh, girls love him. I really didn't. I thought that was kind of just like jerky male wrestling fans. They ch- I, girls chanted for Dean Ambrose the entire show. I was at it was awesome. I was so impressed. It was like. <laughs> how do you chant his name for three and a half hours and they did it like it was nothing <laughs> like he is super over so like they the miz along with a bunch of other things and people are forcing dean to go crazy and i think that having that interview in retros, but not the interview him running up to seth and basically being like you're a jerk we're not friends still is twofold. He was saying, I wasn't coming down to help you. I was coming down to fight those guys. And then he did it again. So it questions, well, are you com- just coming down because you really hate Biz that much? Or you also, like, have some sort of sympathy for Seth that he's having to deal with all of this? Oh, uh,
0: Dean only came down once.
1: No, I. I'm, what I'm saying is, is that he came up to Seth and was like, yeah. you're... Yeah, like... He, that time he was establishing, like, I didn't do it for the reason people are hoping. And the second time was like, well, is that the case again this time?
0: Now, hold on, I'm confused, Nick. Um, Dean caught up to Seth. Seth had been the one who came after Wyatt and said, I was just attacking those guys. Yeah. And then then after that, Ambrose went and helped Seth after his whole speech about how Seth needs to stay out of his business and he doesn't trust him.
1: Yes, what I'm saying is that the second... Him coming back out makes it feel more of like a... Are we going to... I know they said, no, we're not going to see a S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion, but, like, he really... Is his hatred... Is it just he's blind to hate, hate of The Miz is what got him out there? Or is he actually going back on what he just said and he was lying in the first place when Seth when he uh, Seth came up to him or he came up to Seth?
0: See, what if it like. I would have liked to at least given it more of a beat than a couple segments, mm-hmm. and also had another thing in the interim. Like, maybe Seth helps again, and Dean starts to soften. Like, doesn't criticize him for it as much the second time.
1: Yeah, and I think that is a place where they definitely should have... There should have been one more thing. They should have done it next week.
0: It's just one of... They do this... WWE does this too often, where they're like afraid that you won't be able to hold your attention over the course of the week. I mean, this is also a company who sets up their broadcast where they just use up a huge chunk of it to show you replays of stuff that happened 10 minutes ago. So, like, you come back from a commercial and they show you the entire last segment again in a replay. So uh, maybe they don't trust anyone to remember anything for more than five minutes at a time, and that's why they have to be like, okay, so we did a thing with Dean Ambrose earlier, so now we got to do another thing with Dean Ambrose 20 minutes from now, even though it would make way more sense to give it time to breathe and people to think about it and get interested and talk about it no, let's just blow through the whole thing right now.
1: I, they are, I guess... They're
0: they are Joe Bluth in Arrested Development when he gets that list of ideas from Michael and just burns through all of them in one meeting when it's like an entire year's worth of work.
1: <laughs> I love Joe so much.
0: <laughs>
1: I... I also think they feel like they have to like, constantly bring out the... Se- it's almost like they want as many bite things they can make into bite size videos that include Dean Ambrose or Seth Rollins or Bray... Like, they're saying, well, we need him in three segments, so why don't we just use one of the... Instead of having him in three segments where he's doing two separate things, like, can't... I- if you want him on the show that bad, figure out something else for him to do. They almost they feel the need to have him on camera as much as possible because they get 3 million views every single time he's on a YouTube video. Like I think that has to play a part in it, that they want viewers for these segments. They just have to figure out better uses for these and segments. You just don't
0: have to tell the entire story arc in one night.
1: Yeah, I, I I wonder if they say, well, we need him in two segments, might as well have, or three segments in this case. Uh, we might as well use all three to advance this one storyline instead of being like, or he could just have one where he's like backstage.
0: Yeah, it's just awkward writing the way they're doing it. They should...
1: Yes, that's exactly what I mean. They're they're allowing the needs of the show to dictate how it's written instead of being like, well, can we stretch out that to next episode and have him in four segments next episode and two this episode? But they don't seem to want to do that.
0: And the I mean the writing has been better lately, but this is like a constant problem, and it happens with SmackDown sometimes too. It's not even just Raw; it's just like the way NXT seems to be the only program they have where things are given a lot of time, which is well, strange think, because they're taping they're taping four episodes in a row, you know, in a well, row. Well, actually,
1: whatever. I don't think that's strange because I think at this point they're so afraid of people getting hurt at the wrong time that they're just like listen, we have the storyline, we're going to go for it because you don't know it's going to happen six months from now. Where in NXT, they know they're going to be recording like however many shows for the next five weeks, so they can literally just be like, okay, we're just going to do all of these. It'll feel to the audience like it's happening over the course of five weeks, but it happened over the course of three hours, so we know for a fact you're not going to be hurt at any point during this, hopefully. This one show. And I feel like with Raw now, they've had, especially Raw, they've had so many injuries that they're just like okay, you two are both free, you're both single at the same time, we're gonna have you, we're gonna pair you up. It's too, I I don't know,
0: it's too much. It's like, just imagine if Game of Thrones went through everything in like a week, and you were like, what, hey, hold on, what? I just learned about this story, I didn't even have time to talk about it on Twitter. What's going on? Well, also,
1: what happens is when they're pretending to chop off somebody's arm, they don't accidentally chop off half of their arm and go, oh, God, we can't use you for the next scene. I think, like, they're so afraid of injuries at this point that they haven't gotten to the point where they're just okay with people being on the show and not wrestling, which they used to. Randy Orton is the biggest, is as big a deal as he is because he got hurt and they kept him on television the entire time.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It might explain why they have Nakamura keep wrestling, which makes him a regular guy, which, you know, you don't really want him to be a regular guy, but whatever. Let's let's talk about something else.
1: Okay, so how about... The creative process. How about Big Cass and Enzo?
0: I thought that was or good. I big thought,
1: ass. <laughs> I think Enzo
0: delivered an awesome promo that reminded you that, like, hey, this guy's going to be fine. Like, Enzo is in that position where if Enzo never wins a match in his entire life, he's still going to be popular and useful. Uh, yeah, especially and he's, because he's, like they've rediscovered how to make him seem like a human being.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and Cass was great because he was just like, yeah, I'm going to beat you in three minutes, but I probably could have beat you in one minute. I just tacked on these extra two minutes to be a total dickhead about it.
1: And him throwing Enzo over the top rope but that was just, it was,
0: it was beautiful. He just landed on his hips, man. <laughs> Doop. Yeah. But you know, I don't, I saw people complaining that Cass is going to fight Big Show next, but like, Makes sense. It doesn't even just make sense in terms of, like, a first matchup for Cass that helps launch him, you know, into the stratosphere. It makes sense in terms of Big Cass got Big Show wrapped up in this bullshit between him and Enzo. So, of course, Big Show's going to be like, hey, what's up? Why'd you do this? Especially when it was you who was, you know, attacking Enzo all along. And saying
1: on top of saying you're the biggest baddest dude, you also beat up a dude you didn't really need to beat up as bad as you did a bunch of times. I may not like, but I don't hate. And like, and you brought me into it during that time. Like you, I have every right in the world to want to beat your ass.
0: Yeah, yeah. It makes logical sense, and it makes sense in terms of like projecting cast outward. Have him fight know. Big Show and have him do a good job. And Big Show is such a... a sorry, not to keep you from talking for too long. Uh, big Show is the perfect guy for, like, let him guide you through a big match. Because, what like, how many big matches has Cass had solo? He hasn't had a single one-on-one match. That's huge, right? He just said he had the triple threat.
1: Yeah.
0: And he was the first one eliminated. He did the least in that.
1: Yeah, and, like, people don't get... How good the Big Show is. He's so good. He's so... Is he the greatest wrestler of all time? No. Was he ever the greatest wrestler of all time? No. But he was one of the best giants of all time. He's a top, like, two or three giant ever. He's incredible. Like, he does exactly... Do you want him to be your world champion right now? No. But, like, to be the the jobber to the stars or whatever... The gatekeeper. Let's call it what it yeah. is. The gatekeeper for the big Haas division. It's perfect. It's the job he should have had for the last ten years.
0: Yeah, I mean, with Jericho not around, there's no one on the roster with as much experience as Big Show, right?
1: Yeah, because Kane isn't really performing.
0: Yeah. So it's Big Show, so why you know, I don't know why I don't know why it's a problem. And it's not like they've been spamming Big Show on television a lot and his alignment is very clear here. There's no like Fear of him turning heel and then them both beating up Enzo or something. So, you know, it's fine. So that would be hilarious,
1: fantastic. (laughs)
0: Like it wouldn't be good storytelling, but I would laugh a lot. Not that that's a reason to. I mean, you shouldn't base your decisions off of that. Even though Vince kind of bases all his decisions on how funny he thinks things are,
1: like Great Balls of Fire.
0: Yeah, admittedly, is really funny. (laughs) I I love that.
1: That's that they both found, like, a suitable theme for it, which is, like, the 1950s nostalgia trip. And also, it's just an excuse... They got the best of both worlds, which is that it's just an excuse for them to say balls
0: (laughs) over and over again. There were SmackDown wrestlers who were complaining that they didn't get to say balls on television for a month. (laughs) So, I mean, it's... Yeah, it's Vince, but also, come on, like... You think that. I want to say balls on television for a month. I've had so much fun on this podcast for a bit. We were talking about it like a month before it even was the next pay per view lined up for Raw. Just be like, balls, great balls of fire, big flaming dong and a logo. Did you see uh, Raw Talk after the pay per view? Uh, I saw clips uh, because I saw. No, I saw Sasha go all fucking in on Alexa. Yeah, I had to actually turn It got too real for me.
1: I had to, like pause it. I was like, I don't... Because I think Kate was there, and I was like, this just got too real. I don't want to, like, concentrate you, you on know the,
0: this. You know the rumors, right? That she hates her? Yeah, that, like, they have a long-standing, like, actual hatred, and it doesn't matter if that's true. Like, Extremely the Rock voice, it doesn't matter. Um, All that matters is that they are performing in a way where it feels like it's true. So, if you know the rumors that enhances it even further. If you don't know the rumors, it still seems like these two ladies are just beating the shit out of each other. Like Even the punches look like they were legit.
1: And what I like, or maybe I shouldn't feel this way as a wrestling fan, is that like I feel like Sasha comes off as kind of petty when she did that. I was like, so you're mad at her for not being a real super nerd. Okay. Like, that's what it felt like. And I think... That there's like a group of people to whom that is a big deal, and there's a group of people who are like, cool, she seems to be enjoying it now. Like, I don't care that she wasn't a lifelong fan and that she kind of bullshits about it. It's a work. Like, if you're gonna, like, if you're trying to talk to me about it, I can have a reaction that's like, cool, I don't really care. And it not be that she's a bad person because she lied about being a fan, like a super fan when she was growing up. Like I, I have no problem with that. That's fine for me. That's not going to make me be like, Oh, she's a fraud. But I understand that there are people for whom that would be the case. But I think it's fun to have that.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think it works here too, especially because Sasha, when she's not like directly lined up with Bailey is really kind of in the middle. Uh, She's, Probably the closest thing to, like, chaotic neutral that that the women's division has. So when you set her up with Alexa, who is a heel, but, like, isn't necessarily a bad person? Like, shining light on ways where you could say she's a bad person is good, and also kind of makes Sasha look shitty, which yes. works in, like, the other direction, where you feel a little bad for Alexa, but it's, it's good for, like, getting people behind both Alexa and Sasha, because you're really going to rile, rile up the bases.
1: Yeah, and I... I like Alexa probably more than I like Sasha. Um and I'm rooting for her, in part because it's like, yeah, cool, you're a bunch of nerds. She's a god like the character is that she's a goddess. Like I'm totally like <laughs> like she isn't badly, she isn't a lifelong fan where I would actually feel betrayed by that. It's like
0: cool. Like <laughs> I love this finish by the way. Um of Alexa oh, just like Oh yeah. I I really like it a lot. Um Alexa just deciding like, you know what? I don't have to do this. I don't have to be here. This is ridiculous. Because again, it gives people a reason to boo Alexa and it's not, you know, she didn't walk out on SummerSlam or whatever. I might have different thoughts if she did that. Because then you're like, when, you know, when are you going to fight if it's not here? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I especially I like Sasha like can take the arm, shit.
1: The arm thing?
0: Oh, the arm thing was amazing.
1: Because if you'd seen it happen on SmackDown before, it was like, oh, I know what she's doing. But if not, it was like, oh my God, what is happening? mm mm-hmm and she did it on different shows. It wasn't like she had done it 6 months earlier on Raw and they'd forgotten. Yeah. They had never done it on Raw. So it like actually worked as a spot that like in every conceivable way worked as a spot as a heel spot both before and after. Like it was that was I love that spot so much. she can never do it again, but I love that spot so she
0: much. She can do it with wrestlers who like aren't on the roster right now. But I don't think, I think you essentially get, you can only do that every now and again. Yeah. So if you do it to someone new who like, I don't know know who she faced, you know, who gets called up or whatever, but someone from the women's tournament all of a sudden shows up six months from now, like, yeah, she can do it again because they didn't see it. She'll do it to Asuka and Asuka won't laugh. (laughs) Asuka will bend it for real.
1: Yes. That is actually the spot you would do is like, well, how far can we bend this then? (laughs) Um, Uh, Yeah, I thought it was one of the, it's such a good They overuse finishes like this. This was, like, uh, this was, like, a great use of this finish for a character that it makes sense for. Like, I I thought this match was really good, and I thought the ending totally made sense in every way that you'd want it to make sense.
0: It's also good that they made Alexa pay for it immediately. Like, this wasn't some 50-50 booking kind of thing. It was Sasha won by by countout, which she did not want. Uh, and Alexa was like, "Hi, hey, I get my title, and then Sasha did, like, a horrific move to her off of the announce table.
1: And um, said, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> don't talk about that. <laughs>
0: um, That's the camera's fault, honestly. Oh,
1: for, 100%. I don't blame her. Change, I'm glad that the she's angles. the type of person that would actually check on her. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Her. God. I mean, that
0: move is really dangerous for Sasha, too. Probably the most dangerous for Sasha. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah.
1: Good to, good to see someone checking.
0: But... Yeah, cameras. The cameras need to do a better job of like anticipating any of that stuff. Yeah, uh, and they don't. They just, I
1: don't know. They have the cameras. They can switch to too.
0: Yeah, they just don't. No. They have seven hundred camera angles for uh, Roman Reigns' thing with the ambulance. That's you know, <laughs> but they don't. It's I love it. Believe me, I don't. I don't even care that seven hundred cameras. But you know, come on. Everything yeah, that's have part that of the fun is product. seeing
1: when it stops being a live camera. <laughs> oh, that's where they made the cut. That's good.
0: Um, <laughs> um, the only complaint I have about the Alexis-Sasha thing is that fucking Bailey picked up the pin on Monday in the tag match. What the shit? Mark, I actually wrote a note about this. Did like, it say I've never curious
1: about it? <laughs> no, I had never written a note for this show before about something I wanted to talk about. Uh, I like how after she got pinned, Alexa clearly goes, Really? Bailey? (laughs) 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 It's the best thing I've ever seen. She just is so angry it was Bailey. Like, what? No!
0: (laughs) So, man, Alexa Bliss's record in tag matches has to be like 1 in fucking 27. Well, that's what
1: happens when you're a champion, but you're not a good... You're not a great worker. I think she's very good for... Someone who's not been in the business that long, but like she is by far the worst worker out of the like main eventers. So of course you have her constantly lose. It also makes her be like, God damn it. Cause it's like a, a worked shoot in that sense, where it's like, she only has the title because of she looks the part or whatever, and it's like she doesn't, that's not the case, but she's also willing to use whatever advantages may come that way to her advantage. Like I I think she is very aware of who she is both in a meta sense and in the actual character she's playing
0: Yeah. Also I think it's just WWE's tendency to be like, you know what you know it'll cause intrigue? Pinning the champion.
1: Yeah, also that. Not but to, to like
0: razor it too much, but yeah, god damn it. I
1: feel like she they also understand that she's a very specific like she is eminently pinnable in a way that other people there are like you can't have pin Naya. You can't. No. like, And you can't really pin Bailey because you can only go down so far, oh, and you're not going to pin Sasha. She should be
0: Bailey getting pinned. She needs to hit rock bottom, man.
1: She's never going to.
0: No, she, I mean, she keeps hitting about, like, what, she keeps talking in interviews and things about, like, what it would be like if she turned heel, and she's got ideas for it, and she's got to change her look, and all these things. Just, like, let let her hit bottom. It's fine. I understand that they're what they're doing is they're like, oh, we got to bring Bailey stock up a little bit so that we can have a fatal four-way at Summerslam, so that we have enough women on the card. But like that's misinterpreting what it is that audiences want out of them. It's tell two fucking stories at the same time with the women's division. God damn it!
1: Like, I Bayley, think it's gonna be all multi-person matches for the summer for everything. Summer.
0: Yeah, it's and like they'll be fun, but. You could limit the amount of people you have work those big shows, which I, I get sucks. You want to like keep, you want to keep talent happy. You want to have them work at these big shows, but you can't have every one of the big four just be like multi-person matches. Everything, because you know, when are you ever going to have your giant blow off like one-on-one matches?
1: Never. They don't deserve it.
0: Especially when you're doing so many things that just push you to watch on the next Monday or Tuesday on these B pay-per-views where you're not bringing a conclusion to a story. Like there is no time for you to ever finalize anything. And it's a, it's a problem they have to watch out for. Now I'm not saying um, that I will not like mark the hell out if we end up with Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe versus Brock Lesnar, because that shit would be cool. You don't see Brock Lesnar in a fatal four way, but like that's their default for the women, a lot of the time, I mean, I'm glad to hear we're going to get Naomi versus winner of a winner of an elimination match uh, at SummerSlam. That's good.
1: Oh, we'll um, talk about this later. I have a very interesting relationship goal for Charlotte and Becky.
0: Oh God. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll get there later. What else do we have to go through on this this
1: per I, I thought it was a well. I, I do want to say I thought it was a very good pay per view. Uh, my favorite match was the Iron Man match. The Iron Man match. Really? Tag team. I really love Cesaro and Sheamus, and I felt like this was the best, like, showcase for what they're good at, which is being smart, brutal dudes who just kind of never stop going. And I thought that the Hardy... It was a really good setup for the Hardys moving towards being broken. So, like, I liked sure. the match. And I, th- I think for a tag team match... And and, uh, my friend Dave and I have talked about this a little bit. For a tag team match, the Iron Man concept makes a lot more sense because you can constantly, like, try to get out so you don't keep on giving up pinfalls, where in a singles match, it's more of like a... It feels more like the pinfalls can be more gimmicked, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So, like, I I liked it. I thought it was a cool thing I hadn't really seen before. And like I said, I just love uh, Shazaro, Shazaro.
0: I don't know. I, I'm i real picky about Iron Man matches, and I don't remember a single thing from the first 20 minutes besides that initial pin. It just it didn't do anything for me. The last 10 minutes were really good. I thought it made up for a lot, but I don't, I don't know. I, just, I was like, wow, this sure is taking half an hour in real time.
1: See, I for an Iron Man match, having sat through, and I'm sorry if this is a favorite match of yours, the 60-minute Iron Man match from WrestleMania 12 where they don't do anything for, like, 45 minutes, my expectations for Iron Man matches are very low. Like, super low.
0: I honestly don't remember the details of that match for some reason right now. Uh, Possibly because I haven't been sleeping much this week because of the other part of my job that is baseball stuff. I don't mind an Iron Man match that waits forever for a single pinfall or anything. Um, Eddie Eddie Edwards versus uh, Biff Busick, who is um, Oni Larkin for those who uh, are not aware of his origins. Uh, that was a 60-minute Iron Man. I don't think there was a pinfall until there was like 30 seconds left. And it was awesome. It's so fucking good. It's one of the best matches I've ever seen in person. Uh, so there were ways to do it. I, that's the thing. Like I don't remember a lot of the falls. They just kind of kept piling up. Especially when Cesaro got the really kind of early lead. Like Not just the 1-0, but they, they had like a dominant lead, and you were just kind of like, Yep. Okay. Well, you got 20-25 minutes of well, watching I, futilely catch up, and you already you already kind of knew the results. Based- I just didn't like the pacing of that 20-minute stretch. So the last 10 minutes were good, and the Hardy's getting close is also great because it, it creates this frustration for them that helps move them toward, you know, maybe breaking up or changing changing their characters, or uh, as mentioned. But okay. Yeah. Yeah, I covered both of those things.
1: I can't do the voice because I'm not from the South, but also pretending to be a vampire. But, uh.
0: <laughs> yeah, Southern, no, I. Southern Miss Piggy?
1: I know I stand alone. Not alone, but that was not everybody's favorite match. But that no, was. I
0: saw, I saw a lot of people really liked it, and I honestly yeah. didn't understand what they were talking about. But I also saw a lot of people say the same thing as me, which is like, wow, if that had just been a 10 minute tag match, that would have been, like, awesome. I.
1: Yeah, I, and I can understand that, but, like, I. I I think I had a I was expecting a match like this. And I thought they did a like almost this exact setup. Like even down to the the Warriors lost a 3 to 1 lead in the NBA finals. Mm-hmm. Like even down to that. People I was like that. I was kind of ho- cuz uh basketball twitter was basketball wrestling twitter was very excited.
0: Yes. <laughs> they were like, "Oh shit." <laughs> Got to blow a 3 1 lead. Uh, <laughs> so
1: did I I get the feeling your favorite and this is just a guess was uh Heat Slater Kurt Hawkins. No, I can't give a fuck about that.
0: Um and I and I love Slater. Um I love that they did the pin for that off or pin, I don't even know if it was a pin. Just love it was a, a top
1: rope Canadian destroyer is I believe what Kurt Hawkins <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um. Yeah, Strowman versus Reigns, though. That was awesome. Uh, I love that Strowman tried to put Reigns... He just tried to overpower him and put him in the ambulance. But Roman Reigns did that thing, like, if you try and put a cat in a cat carrier, and, like, all of their limbs just go out, and they're all of a sudden the strongest thing you've ever met, and it's it doesn't matter that you are bigger and stronger than your cat. They've got this leverage and this ability to not go in the carrier. So that's what Roman Reigns did. Uh, so then, Stro- <laughs> you know, they just beat the shit out of each other even more. And then Strowman moves out of the way of the spear. Roman Reigns does that huge spear in every match. You know, it's just this big one. Like, I'm going to get a running start, and this spear is going to hurt way more than usual spears because I got that big, big start. And Strowman's just like, Olay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Strowman being as smart as anyone else on the sh- like one of the smartest people on the show makes his character so much better than it would be otherwise like having a guy that size that is that smart completely changes the game. Like it makes everything different because you can no longer like big show him where you just trick him and he ends up falling out on his face. Like even, and even if you, he falls on his face, he will get back up because he is a monster.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's, he's so clearly the guy in WWE who watches wrestling, uh, and I I also think... This is another situation where I think they managed to avoid the, the 50-50 booking trope. Uh Because Roman Reigns did not take damage that caused him to lose, he just dove into an ambulance and then Braun shut the door behind him. Roman coming back out, you know, balls ablaze. And, uh... Started beating on Braun. Like, that That made total sense. It's not that Roman's hit points went all the way back up or he's super seen it or anything. He just was like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> I can't believe you tricked me like that. And then the fury of being tricked and his anger at Braun allowed him to just, you know, punch Braun, punch Braun enough to actually physically throw Braun into the ambulance, close the doors, and then, you know, go off riding in a vehicle at a speed where Braun probably shouldn't roll out the back of it. I, uh, yeah, I
1: I thought that overall it was. I want to say, I think it was my favorite match of theirs so far. Um, because it wasn't my favorite segment, which was him flipping over the ambulance, but like this was a good book, not bookend, but like counterbalance to that in this feud.
0: Like, Roman deciding he needed to fucking murder Braun Strowman is a pretty, like, that's putting Braun over. (laughs) Like, crazy. Where he's like, I have to do something I might regret. I'm gonna murder you in a car crash. I called it a car accident at one point and then realized, no, this was no accident. He did that on purpose. He thought, he looked in the mirror and went, I'm okay with myself if I murder Braun Strowman with that tractor trailer in this ambulance right now.
1: Yeah, and you can't act like that wasn't some sort of, I I don't want to say heel turn, but like some sort of Break with the previous moral alignment of the character, considering he looked into a mirror, mirror, saw a reflection of himself, and went, eh, "Fuck it." Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, Braun broke something inside of Roman, and I'm not talking about his ribs, and that is tremendous. And I do think it was a double turn of sorts. Uh, maybe not. It's not that Roman is a full blown heel now. Uh, Neither but- was Bret Hart. Yeah, he's he's very he's very much kind of... He's just leaning to that side now. You know, to be he, clear, Bret Hart was like three weeks away, and I
1: think we saw the first week this week with Roman, where he was just like, no, I get a fucking title shot.
0: <laughs> yeah. Which uh, <laughs> <It> was insane. <laughs> yeah, Roman show up mean like, y'all were in the Attitude Era, also give me a goddamn title shot, because I murdered the guy who is actually ahead of me in line.
1: And everybody <laughs> and, was like... That's not the best reason. Yeah. <laughs> you still get a chance, but murder. We never murdered anybody. We made sure they were dead before we desecrated their corpses or drove yeah, away yeah. with them. <laughs> Kurt Angle's like, I didn't. I'm not
0: Rikishi. You know that, right?
1: <laughs> oh, speaking of which, the dynamic between all of the people involved was so good. Some next. And Brandon Stroud uh, kind of broke it down uh, pretty solidly, which is that Joe and Angle have shit because of TNA. Angle doesn't really have anything with Roman Reigns, but Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe don't like each other. Joe and Brock have a really weird relationship because it's clear both in and out of kayfabe that Brock loves Samoa Joe. (laughs) And it's like, why can't we just eat sandwiches together? And he's like, it's because of him. That's Paul Heyman is tearing Samoa Joe and Brock Lesnar apart.
0: (laughs) I love... I mean, way to put over Joe where Paul and Brock are both like, no, I want to fight Roman Reigns. (laughs) Like, I don't want to fight this motherfucker again. Uh, Yeah, he had his chance. That's what we'll say.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Him clearly being uncomfortable with the prospect of having to face Samoa Joe again... Is so is such a big deal. Like, even Undertaker, who was an undead, like demigod on the show, he was like, Yeah, we'll fucking fight again. Samoa Joe won match, he was like,
0: I'm good. (laughs) I mean he knows he escaped. He is fully aware he escaped. Joe wasn't lying, Joe was not being alcoholic, he was not twisting what happened. Like Joe's last gasp was that cooking a clutch. Lesnar's last catch, the gasp was escaping that Coquina Clutch. If he didn't escape it, he was dumb. Yeah. And, I mean, that's the reason that Joe didn't kick out of the F5. He had already taken, like, what, eight or nine German suplexes and still had enough left to apply one last submission? Like, that's, that is crazy. It's not... Because yes. people are like, oh, whoa, took one F5 and he lost. It's like, no, he took all the damage that is usually enough to lose, and he didn't.
1: Yeah, the only guy that's taken more damage against Brock Lesnar is John Fucking Cena, and he and he had to murder John Cena. He had to doomsday the
0: shit out of John Cena. <laughs> half of those Cena, half of those suplexes of Cena were symbolic. They weren't even because Brock needed to do them. It's because he needed to show that he could do them.
1: Yeah, and and uh, if you go back and watch that match. The amount of just disgusting ragdoll cells that John Cena does is like... It's like 14 out of the 16. It's like he's throwing a baby (laughs) around. Yeah, it's
0: intense. And I'm glad that, like, the next match it was closer with Cena, uh, but still not enough, you know? Like, even knowing what the plan was going in, but...
1: And I think that was an important part of this match, is that Joe just went after Brock and kind of never stopped. Like, attacked him before the bell. I threw him to the outside. Like, did everything he could to try to, like, incapacitate Brock. And then almost beat him. Because he understands he's the final boss in a video game. Like, you have Mm -hmm. to do shit to... You have to set up your spells beforehand.
0: Before... (laughs) This mojo is ready to use all his items. He's just like, that's fine. I don't need these elixirs anymore.
1: (laughs) And I... It makes me so excited for both Brock and Braun. Like, this night, the last two mat- matches, because let's not count Heath Slater versus Curt Hawkins, made me so excited for any combination of those four guys.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, Braun, Braun's interrupting the 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 Reigns first Joe match on Monday, right? The next one? Has to. I, I mean, I assume he comes out yelling, I'm not finished with you, first of all. Have be. you seen the video? Yes. <laughs> <It's> over <laughs> his entrance. <laughs> people, I'm not finished with <laughs> People seek that out. Someone did a mix of Ron entrance theme with, now it has vocals, and the vocals are just, I'm not finished with you. At repeated he, points.
1: He's so... Uh, he's the... I love him. I don't know <laughs>
0: like I mean, to go back, go back, to go back to the Bret Hart thing you were talking about, I mean, him walking away bloodied under his own power from a car crash is his stone-cold moment, except he didn't pass out.
1: And he also turns around and he has that shot of him, like, with just blood streaming down his face, and he's like, "Ah, so good. And I don't think that Kurt did... It was one of the few times I've ever seen... The, like, backstage people not totally overact? Like, he overacted, but he didn't, like, oh my god, he's dying! He was like, get him out of there.
0: Kurt Angle really? overacted in the way that a manager of any company would if something on that level happened.
1: Yeah, he is being performatively urgent. Yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> like, and I thought that was fine, and I thought that, like, they gave... Bra- uh, Braun just enough like humanity like he stumbled a bunch of times but it wasn't he wasn't just like he got out and he's like I'm fucking Braun Strowman he was like ow ow again <laughs> I bleed <laughs> and I just thought it was awesome I, I...
0: I'm i really this excited was... for Braun to say you made me bleed my own blood
1: <laughs> this was one of uh, the best shows since the brand split I feel like yeah uh, yeah it was great and I know a lot of people really loved uh, both this, the ambulance match, and the Universal Championship match. Like, both of them were just, like, everything people wanted from those two matches.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh... Before we move off of Raw and Great Balls, hashtag Great Balls, what is Angle's secret? Stephanie. You think it's Stephanie? I think it's Stephanie. Do you think he has... is having the slash ad an affair with Stephanie or something? I think it's a honeypot. Hmm. I think it's a honeypot,
1: and basically she's going to come back. She's going to manipulate him into being the person he doesn't want to be. Like a like heel GM, basically, instead of just like a neutral GM. Like he's not a face GM, he's just a guy that comes out and is like, You two should wrestle, stop fighting each other. Like, stop fighting each other and wrestle in a match so we can like not have the set broken every week. Thank you. I think she's gonna try to like, that's the only thing that really makes sense. Unless they're bringing in, like, Dixie fucking Carter.
0: Oh, my God, they better not. Like, this, is, this could be any number of stupid things. It better not be Dixie Carter. Yeah, that um, is a bridge too stupid. Having her on the documenti- documentary for Kurt was already enough of a fuck you to impact and all that. That's all you need. I don't think it's any more of that. And also, Kurt Angle wouldn't say he loves you to Dixie Carter, right? No, no, no. I still
1: think he's cheating or whatever he's doing. But I think, like, I really hope it's not with Dixie Carter or some shit.
0: The only reason, the only way that works is if he did have a relationship with Dixie Carter and actually, or not with Dixie Carter, but, like, we find out he is Ethan Carter's dad somehow. <laughs> I and also... I, EC3 is coming over to WWE, I'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, fine, that's fine.
1: Because I, I just see them moving chess pieces, because they want to get Brock... Versus not Brock. Sorry, they want Angle versus H. They want Angle versus Rollins. They want clearly to reunite the Shield and some level. It just makes sense that they come back. They basically pick up the Miz and like something is happening with that group of people. That's they're they're going to converge. I'd almost bet money on it. I just as a comic book fan, my comic book fan senses are just like on a super high alert. I don't know how else to describe it. It's just, I get the feeling that this is leading to Stephanie and Triple H coming back and, like, everything changing.
0: Hmm.
1: I don't think it's going to be small, is what i say. I think it's going to be like that.
0: Well, I was on a press conference with Kurt for the WWE 2K18 uh, reveal that he was going to be, like, the pre-order bonus. And he talked heavily about how much like he likes Seth Rollins, but also like warned that you know he's got a bone to pick with Rollins and all that. So it was—it felt like they were planting the seeds, maybe just to, to gauge a reaction for eventual Angle versus Rollins. Um, but he also talked about people asked him about this this mystery text angle, and he said he doesn't know. He's like, I really don't know. They haven't even told me what it is yet. He's like, they just told me it was going to be big. He's like, yeah. that's all. That's all I heard was like, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a big deal. So, they ended
1: the show with it, so they're definitely not yeah they ended the show after entering the show like two or three weeks ago with basically a GM is an important character on the show segment, which was the big cast, Enzo, like yeah. Kurt Angle called that segment it it established in a way that they were like them pushing non- playable characters is so interesting because they go from like they don't do anything to like, oh hey. She's, like, the interviewer for, like, Raw Talk.
0: Yeah. Weird. Man, I'm, I'm very curious to see what it's going to be. And, that, I mean, that's good. Right there. I, I don't know what it is, but I want to know what it is. Because... And you don't have a, like, dread of, like, unless yeah. it's Dixie Carter. Dixie Carter's probably. my only dread. Dixie must come with Ethan or else... Oh, deal, my deal God. That, that would... I would be okay with that. Because I'd be like, this is fucking stupid. But, consolation prize, Ethan Carter. And they probably want him, like now. Idiot. Yeah. Well, idiot. You know not everybody can be Fondango. I mean, is he? <laughs> well, not even that. I mean, he got hurt and they let him go. Uh, God, he's, he's gonna be—he's the... gonna be the biggest, like the best guy they let walk right in years. Um,
1: I think so because I don't—I'm not super high on Drew McIntyre.
0: Oh, I like Drew. I like Drew, but yeah, I don't. I don't like him to EC3 degrees.
1: EC3 is a guy you can build a title around. I don't know if that's true, McIntyre. Well, we'll see. And what's crazy is, like, with the way things are in Raw, that SmackDown is also very good.
0: For very good reasons, too.
1: Yeah. Like, the beginning of this week's episode, <laughs> Kevin, Ho- Kevin Owens is, is a gift. Is what he is. <laughs> And also, whoever wrote that.
0: (laughs) I just love Owens coming out as the match everyone wants to watch all the time is about to happen. He's like, nobody cares about this. Nobody wants to see John Cena versus AJ Styles again. And
1: to be clear, if you guys haven't seen it, they draw out every single pre-match thing that you can draw out, it's kind of like when you don't want to f- have paperwork filed and you, like, send it to places to get double-checked when you don't need to. Like, they literally, like,
0: inter- they introduce them separately. Like, they do all of this stuff. Cena was doing his stretch from the corner. Like, when <laughs> Owen's music hit, Cena was doing that stretch he always does, like, before his match, when he's like, okay, okay. He's and as they're about to
1: walk... His music, it's, as I think the ref's hand was in the air to call for the bell, after like five minutes of teasing. (laughs) It's so good,
0: so good. And we got, we got like a good tag match out of it, a good, you know, one of the house showy tag matches that I feel like John Cena does a lot of when he wrestles uh, on television. Which makes sense. They've got him down to a science, and I mean... You've got four of your biggest performers in that match, so they know what they're doing.
1: Yeah, and it didn't feel like... And I think the way... Like you said, it's different than Raw, because it doesn't like feel like all four of these guys are going for the same title. It feels like all four of these guys... Like, style doesn't really give a shit about Rusev, but he hates Owens, and Owens hates everybody.
0: Yeah. so like, Owens even, in that initial segment, Rusev came out, attacked John Cena, and then rusev came out later to attack i don't even remember who he attacked if it was styles but he just jumped like be- out from behind kevin owens to attack whoever was coming at owens and super kicked him but if you watch owens reaction all he sees is a person moving behind him and he knows it's rusev but he just he doesn't trust anybody <laughs> so it's not like there's a heel versus heel thing where he thinks it's going to be okay he like ducks and looks from a distance to make sure it's going to be okay <laughs> Because Kevin Owens fucking hates everyone.
1: And Rusev just is a hand
0: How handsome is Rusev? Oh, he's so handsome. That's why they were mad at him for cutting his hair is because it made him too goddamn handsome.
1: Yeah, he's actually like a good-looking, strapping man. <laughs> it's
0: like, you he can't be a th-
1: heel much longer. <laughs> like... Did you see the
0: photo of him mowing his lawn? Yes, of course. <laughs> Rusev mowed his lawn in a Speedo. He was wearing a, He's wearing sunglasses and a Speedo. And mode is, is he, long. And it's funny, because he's an impossibly large man. Huh. <laughs> but he's like...
1: <laughs> Sorry, I mean, that they, picture is just amazing.
0: They make him... They present him as if he's like this big, like, tub, you know? Yeah. But yeah, he's a tub in the sense that he is built like a fucking bathtub. <laughs> he's just this impossibly strong, like, round muscle. Yeah, all Yeah, and he's... He's so great. I I
1: know I say, I I use a lot of superlatives, but, like, there's just so much good on these shows that it's hard not to, like, there's a lot of shit we have to wade through, but, like, opening segments like what happened on SmackDown, which are done to perfection, and it's an old-school heel-taking-away-from-the-crowd-what-the-crowd-wants-to-see thing, it was just, like... It was so professionally done and on point. I just, I love SmackDown. It's such a good wrestling show.
0: And they built layers on top of it, too. They didn't just stop with Owens interrupting it. They made, because you still could have had the match. Like, Owens, you done complaining? And, like, he goes on commentary or something. But they didn't do that. They, you know, they had Rusev come out and attack Cena, and it changed the whole dynamic, and it gave us a main event.
1: Yeah, because you're like, oh, shit, this is going to, he's going to start this. I can't believe he's going to start. And then Rusev comes out of nowhere, and you're like, oh. And it wasn't even that that was the plan all along. Rusev literally just saw a chance.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I'm not upset at... Because I know sometimes um, it's like, what was your plan? What was your plan for a main event? How were you going to fill these two hours if something didn't happen? But, like, you knew AJ Styles was going to do his open challenge. And that yeah. match never happened. So then there was room for this tag match at the end of the show.
1: Yeah. And they could have even done, oh, you're going to do it. You're announced it at the beginning, and then at the end of the show, we'll have it. Like... That would have been a totally reasonable way to do a match between John Cena and AJ Styles. Like, I, I overall, I, I just thought it was an excellent beginning. And I thought the rest of the show was really good. Um so I have a theory on uh, the women's division in for SmackDown. Go just on. a theory. So I know we talk a lot about like Becky as Sting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Flair Charlotte's Luger. It's so obvious, like, <laughs> cause she, she's just, like, an arrogant heel who's unbelievably talented, but, like, is enough of a person that's, like, fun to talk shit about people with that they're just, Becky and Charlotte are, like, play, they have more and more on social media and stuff like that, but, like, we're best friends. And it works, and it works in a way that you're like, oh, I could totally see them knowing they're the two best wrestlers on the show, or thinking they're the two best wrestlers on the show unequivocally, and being like, listen, I like you and you like me, but we do not like the same people or believe the same things. So let's just work together and promise never to like totally turn on each other. Unless there's like obviously that might change, but like I get the feeling like that's the where they could go with the relationship. Because Charlotte isn't her father. She's like a much more physically talented version of her father, which would basically be Luger. Like
0: <laughs> Great. Charlotte's gonna join the NWO.
1: I'm so excited. I, it just, does that not make sense to you? And isn't that exactly what you want? Is like, so Becky gets to be Becky. That sense. Becky gets to be Becky, and Charlotte gets to be Luger in whatever way she wants to. Like, <laughs> it's all <sighs> I've ever wanted.
0: This is so good.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I, 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 I mentioned to you off mic that I wanted to do this, and I didn't want to hype it too much, but I feel like I found something,
0: and I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> that was great. It's great. Um... Oh man, I am glad that they're doing the multi-woman women's the multi-person women's match at Battleground and not SummerSlam, by the way.
1: Oh, 100 percent
0: So I mean, And it maybe... works
1: perfectly for the pay-per-view.
0: Yeah, and I also love everyone being like, okay, a fucking enough of Lana getting title shots. Jesus Christ. I
1: loved because Char- this is the one that actually made me think of it. Charlotte saying I thought this was the land of opportunity, not the land of make believe. (laughs) (laughs) Because she's still a heel. That is the most heel thing to say. It's so fucking good. (laughs) And Becky and but Becky and her have perfect chemistry because they know they there's clearly a level of respect that's genuine. When they're near each other, like, Charlotte genuinely sees Becky as a great wrestler, and Becky feels the same way. So, like, the dynamic really works, and I'm just, like, I'm so excited for it. We're just, like, mean... Because my favorite moment, maybe in the history of wrestling, is the Luger... I've mentioned this before, Luger and Sting versus uh, our tag team, but Booker T replaces Luger because Luger has to be in the triple cage match?
0: And oh, yeah, he's backstage with me and Gene in the interview.
1: Yes. And there's a point where, like, it's touch and go. You don't know who's going to win the match between Booker and Sting and the Road Warriors. And then the Road Warrior, I think it's Road Warrior Hawk accidentally, or Animal, accidentally gets Luger involved because he's looking at himself in a mirror backstage and he bumps into him. (laughs) And Luger annihilates the Road Warrior that got in his way. And it's just, like, the perfect... Pay per view with those, like that pay per view is shit, but in the best possible way. And the one, like, good, it's like a bad movie, like a really good bad movie. And the one redeeming storyline that's actually, like, super good and well done is the Sting Luger. And I feel like it always was done well. And I feel like it's a dynamic they would understand and be able to pull off. Like, and within the context of the division, it works perfectly because Charlotte shouldn't be a face, but she also shouldn't be, like, a hard heel because she's to deal with Carmella and Natalia and Lana. Like, you don't need her also with them. And I've said this before. Like, that's the You don't want her also with them because it brings her down and it doesn't do enough to elevate them because there's so much worse than her. Even Natalia is just, like, not on Charlotte's level. She is what Charlotte. Charlotte is what Natalia could have been if the WWE did women's wrestling 10 years ago.
0: And sadly, we know how that went. Um, yeah, it establishes a bit of a hierarchy, too, for the Healdom them uh, because you know who's, like, irredeemable. And Carmella feels irredeemable at this point. But, like, she should be. She absolutely should should be. She's the
1: heel Miss Money in the Bank who won it because a man helped her. She didn't care, tried to have him help again, and then finally got the briefcase the second time after basically cheating.
0: By the way, I love the suspension and, like, threats against Ellsworth that Brian did. Because so many times someone will come, they've been kicked out of the arena and they come back. And nothing happens. It's and just like, well, that was unfortunate, I tried. So Brian being like, actually, since you broke the rules, James, you know, we're suspend we're fining you ten thousand dollars, suspending you for a month, and also, Carmella, you can't uh you will lose the briefcase if he shows back up. Which
1: is like, yeah, they they actually did exposition and moving the story forward at the same time, which is the hardest thing to do. But they were like It almost feels like, in a weird way, Daniel Bryan was hoping that James Ellsworth would do it, so he would have a reason to suspend him. Like, he was like, oh, you're banned from the arena. He didn't do anything else other than you're banned from the arena. And then on Talking Smack was like, you ever notice how whenever somebody is banned from the arena, they always show up? Like, it was perfect. He, oh, it's almost, it really felt like he planned that. Like, he knew that was going to happen because James Ellsworth is
0: an idiot. (sighs) So perfect. Because, I mean, he can't get in a fight with Ellsworth. He really can't fire him for doing regular heel stuff as much as he'd love to. So, you know, this stuff works best. He'll just lash out where he can.
1: Carmella is keeping James Ellsworth's spirit alive, which is good. Like, they're not just writing him off of television. They're keeping him off of television and using his absence as a storyline motivation.
0: (laughs) Carmella (laughs) bringing a letter from her lawyer to Shane. And Shane just being like... Come on, A. I run this show. B. I have more money. That I have more money to fight this battle than you.
1: <laughs> I could buy your lawyer from you <laughs> yeah. and leave you with no lawyer.
0: <laughs> so good. Um, sh- what else happened? Uh, fashion police. <sighs> yeah,
1: the fa- the fashion police. Fashion
0: happened. sexy, sexy <laughs> ranger, sexy Walker ranger.
1: I think it was sexy ranger. I think se- sexy walker. Sexy, sexy fashion ranger. <laughs> it
0: sexy
1: was fashion something walker? sexy. I don't
0: know.
1: <laughs> yes, sexy fashion walker is what Here it was.
0: Go. Yeah, it was so good. They did. They did Walker Texas Ranger. Fantango um, rode a little like one of those little horse heads on a stick situation, <laughs> and uh,
1: Parker over there. <laughs>
0: We, they, we've cleared the name of the hype bros, who are still a little tense, uh, but they weren't the ones who attacked the office and Breezy. We know that much.
1: Or stole his horse.
0: <laughs> I, love, I love they had a lasso of truth, and <laughs> to test it, to Tyler. test that it was true, uh, Zach Ryder asked if, if Breeze wears a bra when he goes undercover, and he's like, of course, I'm not a hippie.
1: <laughs> oh no
0: hesitation, no embarrassment. I, that's what I love about. Like, if you're gonna have Tyler Breeze dress up as a woman, you have to do it like this. There's no. He owns it
1: completely. Yeah,
0: he owns it completely. There's no shame or embarrassment. He's not. It's not a joke that he's dressing up as a woman. It's what he's doing while he's dressed up. I think that because that he's playing a kind of character.
1: This is an incredibly like progressive storyline, like, it's weird in so many ways, this is like the WWE finally like breaking through into a new kind of era of storytelling which we've talked about a bunch, but it's also it's like a very progressive socially, like there is more than a few hints that they are in some sort of relationship like, I, I, like, I wouldn't be surprised, because they've talked about it explicitly wanting to bring LGBT characters it's at least homoerotic
0: without that being a negative
1: Exactly, and that's what I was saying. Is it's unequ? I, I mean, I am not. I am a cisgender white male. So I, I I. But it feels queer in the best way, like embracing of queer aesthetics without doing it in a way that feels like punching down.
0: Is that a fair way to put it? Yeah, I mean, I would I would like to talk to someone. Yes. About that, but it yes, from from the outside, uh, from the outside looking in, it feels. It feels so much nicer than everything else they've ever done. Like, this isn't Chuck and Billy. That's exactly what I... Yes, it is not... There's no joke
1: about the possibility that they're... It's just they're clearly best friends who enjoy each other's company and may have more advanced feelings than that, but it's not what it's about.
0: And even if it's not, it's two guys who are incredibly comfortable with themselves and each other, which is progressive for WWE on its own. Because WWE is definitely the kind of people who would be like, "Whoa, guys going to brunch together at Ex- uh, women? They're, Y'all gay?" Yes, yeah.
1: yes, and they're not doing that at all. And I don't think we should like have a parade for the WWE. But it is as someone who like is very sympathetic to that community. It is nice to not have it be like, "Ooh, gross" on WWE. Like it's not
0: Goldust as a heel in the nineties
1: yeah exactly it's just and even that is like more nuance than some of like the Billy and Chuck stuff
0: where that was just pulling the rug out from under to get attention Yes, and, and then they're like haha
1: that's gross got ya No, not that we have any problem with it it's like guys you have to say that
0: <laughs> ugh.
1: ugh
0: but anyway someone I, stole the horse but we don't know who it is
1: also the X-Files are coming next week <laughs>
0: Uh, it's so good. Day one is not H, I believe. Is fashion X Files? Um, who? Okay, who's left? It's, so American, it's Alpha, American has, Alpha. American Alpha has not been cleared. Yes, I don't. They've they not been cleared of that. suspicion. Gable did and show up on television again this week. Yeah. So that was, and nice. they have explicitly
1: given like they don't think it's the Ascension. They don't think it's the Hypros. Like. They have two very clear, like, this Who is who it might be. It's not the New Day, and it's probably not the Us. And I don't think it's the... Uh, yeah,
0: I think they've pretty much counted out it, every Elsa other is, pro- Yeah, also the only one left, so... Yeah. We'll see, unless it's someone completely new that we didn't know about. Which would also be fine. Yeah, yeah. it'd be great if someone... Like, they can't like, investigate because the person's not actually on SmackDown. They just happen yeah. to be... Um. Last thing. Yeah. I really love what they're doing with Mike and Maria... And Sami Zayn, yes, it's so good. Just like every time Sami Zayn is around them, something bad happens, and they hate him even more. I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but Mike Bennett blames Sami Zayn for the vase breaking because he talked about how important that vase was to him. Yeah, he talked about how important it is and how it's Sami Zayn's fault that that is broken because he forced him to do it. (laughs) He forced him to beat him over the head with a vase. Yeah, that's it's fair. Not how be- abusers talk at <laughs> um, uh, I do like Stannis just asking the questions the audience is wondering. It's like, okay, what do you do here, Mike? Which one of you is wrestling? What's going on? What's your situation? And they're like, we're not ready to answer those questions yet. We're both going to beat the shit out of you now.
1: It was also, uh, I don't know if you saw Talking Smack, but um, they had Sammy address, like, all of the stuff that's like, oh, well, what, do you, how do you feel about him taking his last name? And he's like, I don't care. I don't care at all. What's annoying is he keeps... Hitting me and getting angry at me for stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, they, it's a great start for Mike because Sammy's a guy who can take he can take any loss and bounce back a week later, and it'll still feel like a big deal uh, that he you know that whoever beat Sammy beats Sammy. And I also and,
1: think it's important how much they're letting Sammy talk.
0: Yes, he's much character work That's a
1: huge in. deal. Like, he's he's basically putting his his in-ring work on the back burner to push himself as a character. Like, he's staying within, like, a certain level of performer he's going against so that he can explicitly do character work because it's not so, like, urgent that he need. You know what I'm saying? Like, he can... Yeah. He's not competing for a championship that he has to just be, like, locked in and focused on. He's just, like doesn't really like how they're carrying themselves and thinks they're kind of jerks, which for like Sammy, he can totally pull off.
0: Yeah. He's really good. People need to see more of like his character work, especially as he moves further and further into this. Like I'm Larry David who wrestles thing.
1: Yes. Which, uh, I I yeah that's, that's I think we can add on that because like, Larry David who wrestles is like might as well be the tagline for somebody saying Do you like Larry David? <laughs> Would you like to see him wrestle?
0: So perfect.
1: All right, let's All right, wrap. Where can they Where can we they find you on the internet? Mark
0: same place as usual on Twitter at Mark underscore Normandon, and that is Mark with a C and find my wrestling writing at CagesideSeats uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's all I have to say, because we don't have pay-per-view this weekend, so I don't have to do that other thing.
1: You can catch me at the Nixter T-H-E-N-1-C-K-S-T-E-R, that's on Twitter. Um, you can rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Do you have a review mark? No. How about Goodness Gracious, Great Balls of Fire?
0: Um... No, use, uh, let's let's do Charlotte's line. I lied. I have a review. I'm overruling your review. <laughs> you, have to, you have to say it again, I, though, because you obviously prepped it. I was trying to think of what it was again.
1: I thought this was the land of opportunity, not the land of make-believe.
0: Perfect. Ship it.
1: <laughs> you can uh, check us out at soundcloud.com slash radio. That's R-U-D-O-R-A-D-I-O. And I guess if there's nothing left to say, the only thing left to say is bye!